Welcome to Let's Open the Bible, where our goal is to open the Bible and look at what it says. For the next few minutes, we will be looking at a passage from one book. We will continue weekly until we finish that book. I'm Tom Nordstrom, and with me is Bill. Welcome Casey, to Let's Open Nate. the Bible. This is season number three, episode number one. We are now in the book of Mark. We just finished up the book of Ephesians. We're going to be in Mark chapter one, verses one through 11. And today I have with me Nate. Nate is going to read these, this passage here, Mark 1, 1 through 11, and then we will discuss some of these things further. Okay, Mark chapter 1, 1 through 11 says, The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Make ready the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea was going out to him, and all the people of Jerusalem, and they were being baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist, waist, and his diet was locusts and wild honey. And he was preaching and saying, After me one is coming who is mightier than I, and I am not fit to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opening and the Spirit like a dove descending upon him. And a voice came out of the heavens, You are my beloved Son, in you I am well pleased. All right. This is the beginning of the Gospel of Mark. Um, Mark is one of four Gospels. We have the four first books of the... The first four books of the New Testament are called the Gospels, or the Good News about Jesus. And those books are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Many um, scholars say that Mark was the first Gospel to be written. I uh, I don't know enough about that to confirm or deny that. Uh, but Mark is uh, thought to be believed as one of the first Gospels, or the first Gospel that was written. And Mark is a Gospel, what all the Gospels do is they just go through and they tell the story of uh, Jesus. They talk about his um, life and his miracles and his teachings um, and all of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, while they are different, a lot of them include a lot of the same things. A lot of the miracles are the same. What each four of the Gospels do have in common is the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus is recorded in all of the Gospels. It's a little interesting for me to know that Mark doesn't mention or doesn't have the account of the birth of Jesus. Um, it just kind of, Jesus is just there and he we just kind of get right into it. And I think it points to the fact that Mark really focused on the life of Christ. Um, that's really the whole point of it, is to focus on the life and the teaching and what Jesus did while he was here on the earth. Um, so it doesn't mention the birth of Jesus, just kind of uh, picks up uh, after he's born. Um, all the Gospels are written to different audiences. Um, so Matthew seems to, be, seems to have been written to a Jewish audience, and the reason is because in Matthew... Uh, there's a lot of talk of fulfilled prophecy. There's a lot of talk of genealogies. It seem it's it sounds very very Jewish, uh, and then 
Luke, on the other hand, we know exactly who it was written to. It was written to uh, Theophilus. Luke addresses that in the beginning. Um, uh, who is this? Um, he would have been a, a Greek speaker. And there's not much uh, Jewishness to the book of Luke. Mark seems to have also been written to a Gentile audience. So these people are not Jews. Um, and there are some interesting things in the book of Mark, some interesting themes, um, and that kind of show us how we know it was written to a Gentile audience. One of those is what Casey just mentioned. It doesn't talk about the genealogy of Jesus. It jumps right into the um, life of Jesus. Many Jew, The Jews would have cared about the genealogy. That would have been very important of where can we trace Jesus' lineage back to um David or Abraham or, or anything like that. Gentiles didn't care. Uh, the, the, the genealogy is not that important to them. There's also, we see Mark explains some of the Jewish customs, which if you're a Jew, if this is written to a Jew, the Jews don't need to have explained their own customs. So there's evidence in here that this was written to a Gentile audience. That's not necessarily vital to understanding the book, but it is um, a little bit helpful. All right, I guess we can jump into the text, unless you have anything else. No, I think that's good for as far as kind of introductory material. All right, so it starts in verse 1, um, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So that gospel is very, uh, the word gospel there is significant, and it means good news. Um, and so that's what this book is, as we've already been talking about. This is going to be the good news about Jesus and his life and his death and burial and resurrection. Um, and I think it's important to note, and this is kind of a key in a lot of the Gospels, but, you know, fulfillment of prophecy, there's a prophecy there from Isaiah right at the very beginning, and it shows this is fulfillment of that prophecy. And obviously we know the audience, you know, that doesn't really matter a whole lot to them because they don't understand that. But for us, it's kind of a key to the Gospels as we look back on it, is that there's a lot of fulfillment of prophecy, and this is a fulfillment of that prophecy right from the very beginning. Um, so this prophecy that he says is fulfilled is... As is written in Isaiah, this is verse 2, the prophet, which that's a, a Old Testament major prophet. And this prophecy is, Behold, I send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. Um, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, Make ready the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. So that is the Old Testament prophecy. This is also a, um, it's, it's Isaiah, but we also see a hint of Malachi three one in here i don't even have i have a notebook of mark i don't actually have my bible but i have a note out that says malachi chapter three verse one um while casey's flipping there here this prophecy is there's going to be someone who goes out ahead of jesus preparing his way like a voice crying out in the wilderness um, what do you have, Malachi 3.1? Uh, yeah, Malachi 3.1 says, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. All right, so we see this, this prophecy about someone who goes out before Jesus. Jesus um, was about 30 years old whenever he started his ministry. Appro that's approximate. Um, but... Or is that approximate? Do we, Is there an actual verse that tells us that? I can't remember. Um, I don't know off the top of my head. I think there might be a verse that alludes to exactly when he started 
but I don't know off the top of my head. So Jesus was, he was an adult whenever he started his, his ministry. Um, and what we see, though, is in the, in the time leading up to where he was about to start his ministry full force and really start teaching and, and be public about his miracles and all these different things, there was someone who went out ahead of him, and he was kind of preparing the way for Jesus. And that's an Old Testament prophecy, and we see that it's happening here in Mark. In uh, Mark 1.4, it says, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Verse 5, and all in the country of Judea, and that's just a region there in Israel, was going out to him. And all the people of Jerusalem, and they were being baptized in him in the Jordan River, they were confessing their sins. So notice here that John was in the wilderness, and that's what this prophecy was in verse 3, a voice of one crying in the wilderness. Um, he was baptizing people for the repentance and forgiveness of sins. We see in chapter 1, verse 6, John, this John the Baptist, this messenger going out before Jesus, preparing the way, seems like he was kind of, in a sense, softening up the people, making the people ready for the preaching of Jesus. Verse 6 tells us that he was a pretty wild dude. He was clothed with camel's hair, he wore a leather belt, and his diet was locusts and honey. Um, so, here we have John, and this is it's a, a unique, as Casey mentioned earlier, it's a unique opening to the book because it doesn't talk about the genealogy of Jesus. It doesn't talk about his birth. Um, we're jumping straight into um, John the Baptist is here, and he is starting this ministry of Jesus, or he's kick-starting this ministry of Jesus. And it doesn't seem like Mark focuses much on the ministry of John. You know, it's really trying to get to the meat of the matter, which is the life of Christ. Um, some of the other Gospels focus a little more on John's ministry and you know what that looked like and what he did. Um, but Mark just briefly mentions it and then jumps right into, um, you know, at the end of this section, John baptizes Jesus, and then we're right into the ministry of Jesus. And so it doesn't focus a lot on John. Um, John is a pivot, plays a pivotal role. You know, he's the forerunner. He prepares the way, prepares the soil. But the focus of this book is the life of Jesus. Um, so there's also a reference in here to Elijah. Um, it doesn't say the name of Elijah, but this, I, when it describes John, John was clothed in camel's hair, wore a leather belt around his waist, and his diet was locusts and honey. That's a direct... Um, if you're a Jew reading this, you would have thought of Elijah, and we see that in 2 Kings 1.8. I'm going to have to look that up on my computer because I don't have my Bible with me. I'm just using the notebook. 2 Kings 1.8, talking about Elijah, said he had a garment of hair and a leather belt around his waist. The king said that was Elijah. So it seems like... In a sense, Elijah Elijah was one of the major, major prophets in the Old Testament. Um, and it seems like John the Baptist is kind of this, um, anti-type is a big word, is this, is this next Elijah, not literally, but in a sense, he is another prophet um, after the Old Testament. Uh, this is just jumping back to clarify. Um, Luke 3 and verse 23 says, Now Jesus himself began his ministry at about the age of 30, being as was supposed the son of Joseph, the son of Heli, the son of Mathetat. Um, and so 30 years is when, 30 years old is when Jesus began his ministry. So we were right on that. I just wanted to kind of fact check that, but we were correct. So in case you were wondering. 
All right. Now we jump into. Do you have anything else? Uh, no, I mean, I think we're good, kind of up through. Okay. So here we, we're introduced to this John. He was in, or he's a, a answer to a Old Testament prophecy that there's going to be one coming in the wilderness. Um, he's preparing the way for the Lord. And this is what we see he's preaching in 1 verse 7. He was preaching, saying, After me, one is coming, who is mightier than I, and I am not fit to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. Um, so here we see John is out referencing Jesus. He's saying, someone else is coming, um, and he is mightier than I. He's better than me. We see that Matthew really has, kind of goes into more depth than this, but John, as he um, expands upon, okay, in what way is Jesus better than me, or this next person that's coming better than me, in which way is he mightier than I? He says, I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And then we jump into some controversy with this verse. Uh, I, well, I'll, do you have any anything on this verse? I mean, uh, John's baptism was pointing towards Jesus. You know, when we see people were baptized in Acts chapter 2, they received the gift of the Holy Spirit. So that's, you know, Jesus departed from this earth, so he's no longer here, and so therefore he sends the comforter, you know, something that can comfort us and help us through those times that we need it. So that's kind of the role of the Spirit. Um, and that role doesn't really play a part until Jesus starts baptizing um, and knowing that he is going to ascend back to heaven and he's not going to be here anymore. And so that's kind of the role that I see. You know, John's baptism was valid uh, for the remission of sins, you know, by in water. But Jesus, knowing that he would leave this earth, knowing that he would ascend, um, his baptism received the gift of the Holy Spirit. It seems like this could be a reference to that Joel 2 prophecy, which is mentioned in Acts chapter 2, whenever the church starts. As Peter is preaching, he says um, that the Spirit is going to be poured out upon all flesh. And whenever you look through the book of of Luke and Acts, we see that that happening. We see uh, the Spirit being poured out. And whenever people are baptized, Acts is all about, look how involved the, the Holy Spirit is. And so it just seems like the point, again, we need to get back to what what is the point that Mark is making that one is coming who's mightier than I. I don't have the power to pour out the Spirit, is what Mark is saying, or what, what John is saying. I baptize with water, but Jesus is coming, and he's mightier than I. He has the power of the Spirit. And kind of what I see here with this, you know, John's baptizing water, but Jesus comes with the Holy Spirit. Uh, I My mind goes to, which if you don't know, I guess, Scripture super well, maybe it doesn't go here, but I go to Hebrews, you know, Jesus is better, um, and so Jesus' baptism, there's something more to it. It's not just for the remission of sins by water. No, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So there's something better to look forward to, and I think that's the whole point of John is he's looking towards Jesus. You know, I'm not the end-all, be-all, but we're looking towards Jesus. Yeah. Um, so without diving too too deep into that, um, that is kind of a, a summary, an overview of that. Then we get to 1 verse 9. In those days Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and he was baptized by John in the Jordan. Um, again, we see there is a, in 1 verse 10, we see immediately coming up out of the water, um, he saw the heavens opening and the Spirit like a dove descending upon him. So again, Mark is moving very, very quickly. Other books like Luke, um, and, or specifically Matthew, uh, Jesus, John says, why do I need to baptize you? And they had this little discussion, but Mark doesn't deal with any of that. He's getting, like Casey said, he's getting right to it. 
Um, he is, Jesus was baptized. Let's move on to the next thing. Um, he is giving the base information. 9 through 11 is important to me uh, because we, you know, we've all heard of the Trinity, uh, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I think this points directly to that. They're three distinct entities. You know, you have Jesus being baptized. You have the Spirit descending like a dove, and then you have the Father, God, talking from heaven, saying, this is my Son in whom I am well pleased. And so you see that there's three distinct entities that are all one. Um, so I think that's a verse that really alludes to or points to the fact that, you know, the three in one, uh, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, on this point of Mark is kind of really jumping to the, really moving quickly, we see, trace this word through. In chapter 1, verse 10, it says, immediately, coming up out of the water. So that word immediately. In 1, verse 12, immediately, the Spirit compelled him after he was baptized to go in the wilderness. One eighteen, immediately, they left their nets and followed him, talking about when he calls his disciples. In one twenty, immediately, he called them, and they left their father. We see it over and over and over. One twenty one, immediately on the Sabbath. One twenty eight, immediately. One twenty nine. It seems like Mark is doing something with this word immediately. Um, I thought whenever I learned about this book in school, that was a theme that was pointed out to me that's really interesting. It's kind of unique to Mark's gospel. Um, and while it, while it might not be necessarily um, theologically significant, um, it is it shows Mark's writing style, and it's really interesting that Mark is, is moving quick. He's moving through this, and he wants to um, show us Jesus at kind of an an overview, it seems, and he's showing how much Jesus is doing. Um, these things are happening quickly. Um, so that's that word immediately, and that, that takes us right to the end of uh, 1 verse uh, 11. There's, there's a, a lot packed into just uh, a couple verses here. The last verse in our section, 111, says, A voice came out of the heavens, You are my beloved Son, in you I am well pleased. Um, here we see that God is affirming the person of Jesus. This is very important to um, the proving that Jesus is the, the chosen one, the anointed one. Okay, how do we, why do we think we need to listen to Jesus? Well, because whenever Jesus was baptized, we see God say, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And so this is one of those divine, heavenly, uh, miraculous proofs that Jesus is um, the one that we need to listen to. Um, and I also think it points to the fact that Jesus led by example. You know, Jesus, we know, didn't sin, and so he didn't need to be baptized for the remission of sins. He baptized for an example that we also should follow in his footsteps. And so he led by example. Um, I don't know that I have anything else. I think I'm good. Um, so I know that was kind of a... Not not just a, a ton there. It's again, Mark is really moving through this. Um, but that is Mark one, one through eleven, and eventually we're fixing to the next section we deal with in the next podcast, we're gonna see the temptation of Jesus. After he was baptized, he was immediately led out into the wilderness, and we get into some really meaty um stuff there and and one fourteen and fifteen, we see some important things. So it, it's going to get more um, in depth soon. But this, what we see from this intro to the book is that um, Mark is moving quick, and he's he's getting right uh, to the point, um, to the life and the ministry of Jesus. So that is 
what we have for you today. We appreciate you staying with us. That is Season 3, Episode 1 in the books. And we will catch you on the next one. We will see you later. Have a good day. Bye. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of the Let's Open the Bible podcast. If you have any questions or if you want to talk about the next steps in your faith journey uh, or you are interested in receiving the daily Bible verse over text that corresponds to the content of this podcast, reach out to us at openthebible2022 at gmail.com and we will get back with you. Uh, We thank you for listening and we will catch you on the next one. Have a good day.